Hi, I'm Corey Litzenberger from CGLTax.ca, and this is Brainstorming Plus Tax. In this episode of Brainstorming Plus Tax, I wanted to talk to you about a common mistake people might think. That's thinking that the government won't be able to find out uh, something if they try to hide it. Uh, Things like saying, how will they know, or how can they find out? The answer to those questions is found in IVI, Indirect Verification of Income. Now, these audit methods used by the Canada Revenue Agency are an extremely powerful weapon in the CRA's arsenal, particularly when dealing with small businesses or individuals who do not have an extensive paper trail. Where a taxpayer lacks records of their earnings and spending, it may be possible to estimate it by looking at the circumstances. Indirect verification of income is an umbrella term that the CRA uses for audit techniques that attempt to do just that leaving the taxpayer few options to prove the Canada Revenue Agency is wrong. For example, let's think if the CRA suspects that a mechanic has been taking payments in cash and decides to buy flashy cars for himself. This indirect verification can allow the CRA to get a rough picture of his net income even if there is no paper trail at all and his accountant is non-existent or is kept in the dark. The CRA's audit manual describes their practices and procedures for applying these IVI techniques in excruciating detail. In some circumstances, IVI methods are required. In others, they are merely one possibility among many. At the very least, auditors are obligated to consider them when conducting small or medium-sized business audits. Sometimes, IVI are used to narrow the scope of people who could be audited, allowing the CRA to quickly determine whether or not someone is likely to be hiding any income. In regards to the types of tests that they use in indirect verification of income, the CRA distinguishes between two classes of IVI tests, supporting and assessing. Supporting tests are used to quickly determine the risk of a taxpayer under-reporting income or are used to back up audits using more thorough methods to provide support. In reality, supporting techniques could even extend to chatting with your neighbors or even how your lavish lifestyle looks on Instagram. The four primary supportive IVI tests are bank deposit analysis, rough net worth analysis, source and application of funds, and ratio analysis. However, these are not exhaustive and there are other tests that may be used to support IVIs. The assessing IVI techniques are much more strenuous. They require more time and they are more exhaustive. They may be used to reassess someone's income and raise their taxes. Of these, the CRA's options are assessing net worth analyses, assessing projection methods, and assessing unidentified bank accounts. In these cases, the theory is the same, but the CRA will be even more meticulous and intrusive. Let's talk about net worth analysis, something that when I worked at the dark side at the CRA, I've done myself. The theory underlying a net worth audit is that for every dollar someone earns, they either save it or spend it. When the CRA can determine your net worth at the start of a period and at the end of a period, the difference is equal to the income less your spending. Once they have an estimate of your spending, all that is left must be income. And if you have not claimed all of it, they will tax you on the difference. Now having said that, some of that spending may be personal in nature and not being able to be used as a deduction. For example, if you have a cigarette habit that requires you to have a pack of smokes every day, that can get very expensive very fast. And even at $10 a pack, they could easily say that you require $3,650 to feed your cigarette habit. Now that $3,650 must be disposable income, and so you have to have earned that from somewhere else and pay tax on it before you could even smoke. 
A net worth analysis might be the most intrusive of all of these techniques because every dollar you spend suggests another dollar of taxable income. The CRA will be tracking down the lifestyles of you, your kids, your spouse, and even your cats and dogs. In rough net worth analysis, CRA may simply compare your spending habits and demographics to Statistics Canada to get a very rough estimate of your spending. Now, in bank deposit analysis, the CRA will require you or your bank to provide them with banking records. From there, they add up the total value of deposits, scrub out the non-income sources such as gifts, filter out any transfers, and end up with an approximate value of the income over a period. It is, of course, a little bit more complicated than that, but that's the gist of it. The CRA will often test the bank accounts of related people, such as spouses. Now, this may be supported by estimates of expenditures paid by cash. In a projection method audit, the auditor determines a readily ascertainable base that is relevant to revenue or expenses, as well as its relationship to income. It then uses this base, either in its entirety or through sampling, to estimate the taxpayer's actual income and expenses. This is best explained by an example. Say that you run a fast food restaurant. You have a record of your supply orders from 2017. If the CRA were to observe your business for a week, they could get an estimate of how much revenue you brought in and of how many ketchup packets you went through, giving them a ratio of ketchup packets to dollars of revenue. They could then use these numbers to estimate your income in the previous years from how many ketchup packets you ordered, unless you can explain why you went through so many packets or why your revenue per packet was lower. The CRA can consider this to have been your revenue for the year and potentially charge you tax if this number is higher than the amount you claim. Now, there can be issues with such methods. It might not be a ketchup packet. It could be the number of burgers or buns or number of french fries. But you get the gist of it. The idea is to prorate the revenue over some sort of ascertainable item that we can easily trace. Now, say if in November people ordered french fries constantly, but now they are avoiding sides and focusing on salads to meet their New Year's resolution, a projection audit in January might overestimate your revenue. And in that case, because people used fewer ketchup packets per dollar spent in January, the auditor's estimate of how much you made per packet used in November will be high, which risks an inflated tax bill. If your lifestyle seems to not match what your income says on your tax return, this is likely where the CRA will implement some of these techniques. So the next time someone says to you, well, how can they find out? Now you know. And with that, for CGL Strategic Business and Tax Advisors, I'm Corey Litzenberger. Thanks for listening.